Hey, United family, I'm so glad to be with you today. I believe God has a word that's going to encourage you uh, right where you are. If you could just join with me in prayer. I want to jump right into the word out of Genesis uh, 39. But let's pray. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for the word today. Lord, I ask God that you would use the prophetic message and the declaration of your word to bring down every stronghold, to destroy every lie of the enemy. God, I pray that you would encourage us where we're weak today. God, lift up our spirit. God, encourage our inner man, whether we be broken, would you heal us and mend us today? Would you use the life of Joseph, your servant, to encourage us, to let us know that although we may be pressed on every side, we are not crushed. Although we may be going through trial and tribulation, Lord, we are not abandoned. Thank you for your word. In the name of Jesus, amen. Hey, church family, let's get into the word this morning. Amen. I'm going to start right in Genesis 39. It's where we were last week. This is actually part two of the life of Joseph. We've been in this sermon series called Pressed But Not Crushed. And so we've been talking about the life of Joseph last week and we'll continue to do that this week. And man, there's so much good stuff that the scripture shows us in the life of Joseph that when you experience the pit, when you experience betrayal, when you've been let down by those whom you love the most, God is still with you and he's still there. And so look, we arrived in the, uh, at, at the place in Joseph's life where he was betrayed by his brothers. He was actually thrown into a pit and then sold into slavery. And then he ended up in Egypt of all places. And it was in Egypt that he was purchased by a man named Potiphar. And Potiphar took him in his home as a servant. And Joseph, through the Lord's favor, Joseph worked his way up in Potiphar's home and he became the head of Potiphar's house. The scripture says that Joseph had favor with God. It's amazing and extraordinary how God could take Joseph out of the pit into the penthouse. But something unfortunate happens while Joseph is serving in Potiphar's house in this leadership capacity. What happens is, is Potiphar's wife she sees Joseph and the scripture says that Joseph was handsome in form and uh, in, in his face and she was attracted to Joseph. And she, she actually came on to Joseph. She actually tried to seduce Joseph uh, to uh, actually have relations with her. And Joseph, being a man of integrity, he responded with integrity. And so we see Joseph's response right at the beginning of Genesis 39, starting at verse uh, uh, 9. And so I want to read Joseph's response when Potiphar's wife came on to him, his master's wife. This is what Joseph, 
said and did. He said this in Genesis 39 verse 9, part B. He said, how can then, how then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? And he, and she spoke to Joseph day after day and he would not listen to her to lie beside her or to be with her. You see, Joseph's response when he was being tempted and tested, when his faith and his integrity was being tempted and tested, Joseph responded with a great level of integrity. You see, like I showed you last week, the sponge and how it absorbs and it soaks everything up that it's been marinating in. You see, Joseph's life was marinating in God, in the counsel and wisdom of God. And when Joseph was squeezed and the pressure was put on him in this moment of testing, integrity, godly integrity flowed out of him. You see, Potiphar's wife, she forced herself the story says she forced herself on Joseph later on. And, and Joseph's response, even then, when she pressed herself upon Joseph, Joseph's response, he, he ran out of the room to escape the temptation. But in his escape, Potiphar's wife grabbed a piece of his garment and ripped it and tore it off. You see, she later took that piece of garment and she showed Potiphar and said, look, Joseph, Joseph tried to rape me. Joseph tried to take advantage of me. You should have him killed. And Potiphar's response was, well, I'm going to throw him into prison. And it says that in Genesis 39, 20, it says, and Joseph's master took him and put him into the prison, the place where the king's prisoners were confined. And he was there in the prison. You see, Joseph had got a promotion to the head of Potiphar's home. And because of a false accusation, unfortunately, it landed him right back in the pit. But this was a different pit. It was a prison, a prison that Joseph actually didn't belong in. But I want to say this is that even in the pit, God has a plan. Hallelujah. Even in the pit. God has a plan. You see, uh, God uh, promoted Joseph even when all odds were against him. God had favor and God had his hand on Joseph. And the scripture says this while he was in the prison. Even in the prison, God's hand was with him. Genesis 39 verse 21 says this. It says, but the Lord was with Joseph and showed him steadfast love and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. I mean, it's amazing. It doesn't matter what you do to Joseph. God's hand is on him and he always bounces back. It's amazing. You sell him into slavery, throw him in a, a pit. You sell him into slavery, God promotes him to the head of the house. You lie on him, you falsely accuse him of something, throw him in a prison, Joseph becomes the head of the prison. I want to encourage you this morning, I feel like preaching. I want to encourage you this morning, it doesn't matter what has happened in your life. It doesn't matter what has happened in your circumstance. No matter what the enemy throws at you, God's got your back and you will always bounce back because God's hand is on your life. The scripture says, and the keeper of the prison put Joseph in charge of all the prisoners who were 
prison. Whatever was done there, it was done. Uh, it was done. Uh, the one, it was Joseph, the one who did it. You see, it feels like if you feel like you have been in a place of intense defeat. I mean, intense frustration and, and loss. I want to encourage you this morning that the same God that was with Joseph in the prison, the same God that was with Joseph in the pit when his brothers betrayed him, that same God is with you. The same God who caused Joseph's hand to prosper in every circumstance is with you. I just encourage you to simply call upon the Lord, to simply call upon him in your brokenness, in your suffering. You see, our God can step into your pit and turn it around. Turn your situation around. Turn your circumstance around. You see, in the middle of crisis, God can use our experiences to uh, shape and form our character and our integrity. He can cause the blessing of the Lord to be upon us. He can cause us to grow and see promotion no matter what the circumstance is. Though you've been pressed, you are not crushed. Again, the pressing is only to get the oil out of the olive. Is God getting the oil out of your life as you're being pressed, as you're experiencing frustration, as you're experiencing loss, as you're experiencing brokenness? Is God getting the oil out of your life? Call upon the Lord. He is your deliverer. I want to ask you this question. Is your faith in a place where you're expecting God to do something while you're in the pit? If you're in the pit, if you're in a place of confusion and frustration and pain and, and testing and trial, are you actually expecting God to move? Or are you just kind of you just kind of accepting whatever comes your way? No, we need to get in a place, church, united. We need to be in a place where we didn't let life happen to us. We need to allow our faith in God to control our attitude and our outlook on life. We need to be expecting God to do great things. We need to be expecting God to give us promotions and job promotions, even in the midst of a crisis, in the midst of a pandemic. We need to be expecting for ourselves, for us to be growing personally in our personal growth, in our spiritual growth. This is not like we push pause on our Christianity just because of a pandemic. No, we don't put a pause on our Christianity. We don't put a pause on our relationship with Jesus. We don't put a pause on our Christian witness. No, it's in the time of trial and tribulation that we need to be shining brightly and expecting God to do a miracle. We walk by what? We walk by faith and not by sight. I'm encouraging you. Are you expecting for your loved ones to be saved? Are you, are you expecting for your family members to be saved? I'm telling you, now is the time. The scripture says today is the day of salvation. I encourage you 
stay prayerful. I know, I know these past couple weeks have been intense for me. Of course, many of you know my testimony. I actually uh, contracted COVID-19 and I was in the hospital for 12 weeks, I mean 12 days. And let me tell you, man, that was the most uh, challenging and desperate time of my life, the most. And it was only my faith in God that got me through. I remember nights laying up in the hospital. All I could do was put on Christian television in that little tiny hot hospital room and allowing the worship music that was playing through that TV to usher my spirit into a time and a moment of praise and worship. I'm telling you church, keep a posture of praise. Keep a posture of worship. Keep a posture of prayer. You know, you can actually be in a prison and not have a prison attitude. It's true. You can be in the midst of a prison and not have a prison attitude. I'm, I'm reminded as I, as I was studying for this message uh, this Sunday, I'm reminded of Paul and, 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 and his, his companion. They were actually uh, locked in the prison. Paul and Silas were locked in the prison and they were chained to the wall, the scripture says. They were chained to the wall and they began to sing praises to God. And they, they begin to sing praises to God. They weren't griping or complaining because, oh God, how could you let this happen to us? We're preaching your gospel. We're doing the kingdom work. I can't believe you let us happen. No, they weren't complaining in the pit. They were praising in the pit. I'm trying to tell you, we need to get a praise, a pit praise while we're going through the crisis, while we're going through this pandemic. But they begin to worship God and the, the story says in the book of Acts that the prison began to shake and that the prison doors began to open. I'm telling you, if you learn to get a praise in your heart, in your spirit, in your mind, in your soul, while you're going through the testing, going through the trial, going through the tribulation, I believe God can do a miracle on your behalf. He can work in your heart, even though your circumstance may not change, your attitude and your integrity of heart will. Hallelujah. And so we see we transition from Genesis chapter 39. You can go back and read the entire verse. But we transition from Genesis 39 to Genesis 40. And what happens is, is while Joseph was in the prison, while Joseph was in the prison, he meets these two gentlemen, these two prisoners. And what's unique about these two prisoners, they're not like any other prisoner. These two prisoners actually used to work for King Pharaoh. King Pharaoh actually, he, he actually uh, put them in prison because of some type of offense that happened. And so what happened is these two prisoners, they actually uh, had dreams. And they didn't know how to interpret their dream. And so they were looking for somebody to help them interpret their dreams because they were very disturbed by what they saw in the dream. And they approached Joseph about their dream. And Joseph was actually able to interpret both of their dreams. And the scripture says uh, that, that, that the, the cupbearer 
promised Joseph, he said, Joseph, because you've helped me interpret my dream, when I get out of prison, when King Pharaoh actually restores me back to my rightful position, when I am put back in my place, I, I, I'm going to remember you, Joseph. I'm going to remember you. You can count on me. Well, what happens? Unfortunately, the scripture says uh, in Genesis 40, the scripture says in Genesis 40, it, it says in verse 23, it says that yet the chief cupbearer did not remember Joseph, but forgot him. You see, the king, Pharaoh, he called the cupbearer out of prison. He restored him back to his rightful position. And he said he would remember Joseph, but unfortunately, he didn't remember Joseph. He didn't remember Joseph. It's unfortunate, but this is the thing. Two years passed. Two years passed. And Joseph was forgotten. You know, I want to encourage you to not get bitter. To not get bitter with God uh, or others uh, uh, when, when you feel overlooked. Don't get bitter uh, or, 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 or with God or with others when, you, when you've been forgotten, when you feel like you've been forgotten. Don't get bitter. You see, God has a plan and a purpose for your life as a Christian, even in the times of feeling like you've been overlooked or forgotten. You see, it's God's plan for you as a disciple of Christ to crucify your own fleshly desire, your own fleshly desire to actually get offended at people who wounded you and hurt you and betrayed you. God wants you to resist that temptation to get bitter and upset and offended by people that have overlooked you or, or didn't pay attention to you or, or didn't acknowledge you. We have to learn how to do that in this Christian life just like Joseph did in his time in the prison that he didn't get bitter because of some, uh, some uh, cupbearer that was supposed to do something for him as a favor but Joseph didn't get bitter. He remained faithful. And what's amazing about this story is, is that it is this type of uh, a principle, biblical principle, that marks Joseph's life. You see, Joseph, Joseph was betrayed by his brothers. Joseph was accused falsely of rape. Joseph was forgotten by someone who committed to helping him once they got out of prison. But you don't see Joseph bitter and upset and angry or mad at God or mad at other people. Now Joseph stayed faithful and continued to find favor with God. I want to encourage you say this, to say this directly to our local church family. Stop getting offended when others overlook you or don't value you as you think they should value you. Don't get offended. I think one of the greatest things we can learn from the life of Christ is that even Christ did not take offense against those who left him. His disciples, they actually just abandoned him on the cross. They abandoned their friend. 
Jesus's friends abandoned him when he needed them the most. But he didn't take offense. He actually sought to restore them and forgive them. And he still gave them an opportunity and position in his kingdom. He still saw the best in them. Don't allow someone overlooking you or not valuing you as you think they should value you to cause you to uh, uh, take hold of offense in your heart. You know, even Christ, when he was being beaten, even Christ forgave those who beat him and crucified him. He said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. You see, becoming a disciple of Christ church, it actually requires us, it demands us to be free from offense, free from the trap of bitterness. Man, I'm telling you, Joseph was a man of tremendous integrity. I want you to get out of your mind this morning that Joseph and his little story with his colorful coat and him being thrown into the pit is a cute little Sunday story. This was a real person who was accused and betrayed and lied on by real people, real people. But he still found a way to release and let go of any offense. What's amazing is, is that Joseph stayed faithful in this time while he was in the prison when he was forgotten by the cupbearer. And what happens is two years later, after the cupbearer, the prisoner was released and Joseph was forgotten about, two years later, King Pharaoh has two different dreams. And King Pharaoh is disturbed by these dreams. And he's like, I need someone to interpret these dreams. Is there anyone? I, I, I call upon the wise men of Egypt. Call upon the magicians of Egypt. Call upon anybody that can interpret these dreams. There was no one in Pharaoh's court that could interpret Pharaoh's dream correctly. But what's cool is the cupbearer was there and he said, oh, I know somebody that can interpret dreams. He interpreted my dream while I was in prison and he told me that one day you will restore me back to my position in your court, Pharaoh. His name is Joseph. And Pharaoh said, bring Joseph to me. Let him interpret my dream. So it says this in Genesis 41, starting at verse 15, it says this. It says, and Pharaoh said to Joseph, I have had a dream and there is no one who can interpret it. I have heard it said of you that when you hear a dream, you can interpret it. Verse 16 says this, Joseph answered Pharaoh, it is not in me. God will give Pharaoh a favorable answer. You see, when Joseph was called upon out of the pit, he was ready, he was willing to serve and use his spiritual gifting to serve the same kingdom that kept him in a prison. He didn't allow bitterness to say, oh no, Pharaoh, I'm not gonna help you out. But he was willing and ready to interpret Pharaoh's dream. You see, God wants to use your spiritual gifting in the pit, 
but also in the palace. There's a purpose in God taking you through the pit and there's a purpose in God taking you to the palace actually. So be prepared and be ready for God to promote you and give you opportunities to preach the gospel, to be a Christian godly witness in your fear of influence, whatever that may look like, whether it be the business arena, the business arena, the corporate arena, the nonprofit arena, ministry, whatever that looks like, the education field, whatever that looks like, be prepared for God to put you in a place where you can speak to leadership and have greater levels of influence. In fact, you need to expect it. You need to be honing your skills, keeping yourself free from offense. You know, it's really hard for people that work in companies that are offended by the head management to get promoted. Typically, they don't because the bitterness and the frustration of whatever's going on in that company, it blocks them from being able to see a greater opportunity of growth and investment and making real substantial change. I'm encouraging you to wait on God. What's amazing is that, you know, God wants to use your, your use the, the testing and the trials that you go through. The Holy Spirit wants to use uh, the testing uh, uh, and the trial to complete his work in your heart. You see, God wants to perfect his work in you. He wants to shape you and mold you and make you into the image of Christ. God actually wants to press you. Being pressed by God is not a bad thing. It's a good thing. I want to be pressed. Somebody just say, just say that right where you are in your bedroom, in your living room, where in the car, wherever you just say, God, press me. I welcome your pressing. You know why? Hallelujah. It's because it's, it's through his pressing that we come to know Christ and fellowship in his sufferings. It's through God's pressing that we become more like him. You see, your testing and your trials, it's for your benefit. It's also for the benefit of others in your sphere of influence. Next week, we're going to talk about how Joseph's interpretation of Pharaoh's dream led to a national shift in Egypt. Man, I'm so encouraged by this word because... God's eternal plan of salvation for his people and promoting his son, Jesus Christ. It's established, it's, 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 it's fleshed out, it's, it's worked out in our testing, in our trial, as we witness to others, as we go through trial and tribulation. I'm telling you, man, God will get the glory in Jesus will be glorified in every circumstance. I'm going to end my message with this. What's really cool about Joseph's story is that you see Joseph, you know, you see Joseph, he, he goes from being thrown in the pit and betrayed by his brothers to being promoted to Potiphar's house. And then he's, he, he's promoted in Potiphar's house, but then he's accused falsely accused and thrown into prison. And then what happens is he's 
he's he's thrown into prison and he interprets some uh, he, well he's thrown into prison and and he's he's promoted in the prison, but then he's forgotten again by another prisoner, and then he's promoted again by having the opportunity to interpret Pharaoh's dream. What's cool about this is that it actually creates a crown. You see, your trials and tribulations, your ups and your downs, one day they will lead to you receiving a crown of righteousness. Hallelujah. I want to pray for you this morning. If you, uh, if you want to receive Christ as your Lord and Savior, I want to give you that opportunity. Also, if you want to receive prayer right now, feel led by the Holy Spirit to pray for those who uh, are challenged or struggling with bitterness and offense and emotional wounds in your heart today. I want to encourage you to be free from that. I want to pray for you right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray, Father, for those first to say, Lord, I have experienced difficulty in this life and I want you to be with me like you were with Joseph. I want to know that there is hope for me, not just in this life, but hope for me in eternity when this life is over. I want to receive Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. If that's you this morning, I want you to pray and repeat this prayer with me. Say, Jesus, I acknowledge that I have sinned, that I have fallen short of your standard. And I acknowledge that I need your sacrifice on the cross to forgive me and wash me of my sin. I confess with my mouth and I believe in my heart that Jesus Christ is Lord. Hallelujah. Now also, I want to encourage you, if you just prayed that prayer, just click on the tab that says to raise your hand to say that you've received salvation today so that we know you're there. But next, I want to pray for our church family, those who are challenged and struggling with offense today. Let me pray for you. Just stretch your hand toward the, the screen, church family. This is a, don't just watch this, but I want you to participate in this. The Holy Spirit wants to move right where you are. Jesus, right now, I ask God that you would free us from a bitter attitude a bitter mindset, a, 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 a spirit of offense, God. Would you free us from that, God? Lord, there have been so many people that have wounded us or hurt us, leaders in our lives, uh, family members, God, that, that we love, parents even, uh, supervisors, Lord, that have wounded us and that have hurt us or that have overlooked us, God, children of ours, whatever it may be, Lord, we've experienced pain and hurt and betrayal. And so, Lord, today we declare that we want to be freed from that. God, we release it and we give it to you, Lord. We release it and we give it to you. Lord, your word says, 
How many times are we to forgive someone who has offended us? And your word says 70 times 70. Lord, teach us how to love people like you love people. Lord, you told Peter after he, he denied you, you, you told him, you asked him, Peter, do you love me? Then feed my sheep. Lord, you don't throw us away when we, when we, when we, uh, when we uh, deny you or when we sin against you, but you accept us right back in with loving arms. Lord, I pray that we would have that same heart and attitude with others, that we would love people as you love them. Lord, we forgive our debtors today. And we become free today of all offense, all bitterness. Just declare that with me. Say, Lord, I release all bitterness and I forgive those who have wounded me. Hallelujah. We love you, church family. I'm so glad to minister to you today. Look, I look forward to being with you soon in person. We'll continue to meet together virtually, but I want to encourage you to lean in with us in this time. This is a critical hour for us as a church family to be together. I want to encourage every last one of you to join us on Wednesdays. We have a Facebook live stream. I want to encourage every one of you to join us. Invite people to join in on that live stream. There are people that are actually getting saved on that live stream. People that don't even come to our church, that, that don't even live in, in Georgia that are watching that live stream and getting saved. Your comments and your presence can help them come to Christ. And then shortly after that live stream, right at 7.30 on Wednesday night, we have a Zoom call. And so we just get to fellowship and hang out. We had about nine people uh, there this past week. It was awesome. We just hung out and fellowship. I want to encourage you, join us. We want to see your face. We want to know you. Many of you say, Pastor, we want to get together. We want to hang out. We want to, hey, it's right there on Wednesday night. Join us. Come join us. Come hang out. We need your anointing. We need, other people need your anointing. They need to see your face. I love you, United Church family. Be encouraged. Expect God to do something great in your life. Be blessed. Stay prayerful. In Jesus' name.